Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Disney Geeks, the podcast. I am one of your hosts, Carolyn. And I'm Rod. And today we are becoming archaeologists. We are going on an adventure and we are talking about Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's wild. This is this is an interesting this is just an interesting movie in general. The premise is great. <laughs> like I have a history degree, so like this is right up my alley of like, ooh, like this is cool, like history stuff and like piecing things together. But it's wild. It's a wild movie. <laughs> it's definitely a wild movie. I agree. I think it's one of the things I like about the Indiana Jones movies is they're like kind of historic but not historic and they take like really fantastical stuff and just put it into an adventure suspend your belief for like a good two hours of x y and z but isn't that why we watch movies to suspend our disbelief i don't know according to nicole kidman heartbreak feels good in a place like this (laughs) (laughs) i'm not gonna say this movie broke my heart but it's it's entertaining (laughs) (laughs) I just, I, to, to laugh, I don't even know. I know there are plenty of people out there that know the Nicole Kidman speech by heart. I'm not one of those people, but I definitely know that she, uh, what, one of her sayings fits Indiana Jones. Yeah, I don't know the whole speech either. I just think it's funny that people, like, are so in love with that. It's just a movie intro. I don't understand, but. I don't understand not- either, <laughs> but that's not what we're reviewing. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not why we're here today. <laughs> so, Rod, do you have any memories of this movie? I'm going to be honest, no. Like, Indiana Jones was a staple in my household, but we only ever watched The Last Crusade. So we'll get to that. Like, I'll talk about that memory when we get there. But the only real memory that I have of this movie is I always remember it was on TBS at some point. And the only scene that I ever really saw over and over and over again was... Like, I always have, like, a distinct picture of, like, Indiana Jones doing the whole basket thing where he's pulling the baskets out. And that's about it. Like, I don't remember really anything else about this movie. And I know my mom must have watched it. It was just more of, like, eh, I don't feel like watching it. Or, like, it just wasn't what I wanted to watch, I guess, growing up. And so I never really paid attention. How about you? I do, because growing up, uh, we would make, I was allowed to watch this one and then The Last Crusade. I wasn't allowed to watch the middle one, which we'll talk about next time but when i don't remember how old we were because it was probably around the time maybe i you know between somewhere in like eight and 12 years old was when my parents were like yeah you guys can like watch this there's some scary stuff in it but we might have been told to close our eyes at some point just because they didn't want us to get like have nightmares but yeah we were allowed to watch this one the last crusade and we just like became like we just loved indiana jones like we were so on board with this whole idea one of our cousins really loved it so you know we would like when we would go visit our grandparents we would like play indiana jones and like go on adventures and i just remember some of the scenes like obviously stick out a little bit more but i remember both of those being pretty consistent like once we like were allowed to watch them we were like yeah let's watch indiana jones again i do think we watched the last crusade maybe a little bit more than this one but we definitely still watch this one a lot so we were, we were a little indiana jones maniac so then when we went to disney it definitely was we were definitely allowed to watch it before we went to disney world and i was about 10 at that point because we, we got to see the Indiana Jones stunt spectacular, which we were like, that's like the coolest thing that we get to see them do this all in real life. Well, yeah, and I would say that was one thing that I definitely like, as the movie kept progressing, I was like, oh, 
it is like I just I just kept thinking of the stunt show the entire time because this is one that I I think I've only seen this movie a handful of times. So like I'm like oh the stunt show literally was like let's just take the greatest hits of the first movie and just put it in a stunt show. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Which I I mean we can it kind of melds into the ride at Disneyland too. Like that's that honestly the Disneyland ride is the one that like is my memory the most because. The Indiana Jones series has my two biggest fears in it. And I'm with Indiana Jones. Snakes are the worst. I hate snakes for the burning passion. And we only see it in, like, The Last Crusade. The, like, rats are my other big one. So the fact that Indiana Jones and Temple of the Fruit and I has both freaks me out to no end. Like, there was a long period of time that I had to close my eyes and for the, enti- the, the duration of the entire ride snakes but have to be snakes yeah oh my god like okay this is a one memory i'll tell you because it's i mean it could be connected to the next one but it's fine we i just think remember i was like nine or ten and we were going on trumpet and i and we i closed my eyes for the whole thing and my parents already knew that i had so much anxiety about being on it because like i was scared of it whatever and we go through and the cast member goes oh one of the light projections wasn't working we fixed it would you like to go again but we're still in the car and I looked at them being like, no. And they were like, yeah, let's go. He did my life. He did my life that day. I'm sorry. It sounds really like traumatic for you. You know, it, the fact that I still remember it must be a reason I need to go to therapy. <laughs> Something like that. So what do we want to use to rate our Indiana Jones movies? Do we want to have a carry over with all of them or just? Yes. Yeah. It should be consistent. Do we want to do, what type of hat does he wear? I want to say it's like a fedora, but it's not a fedora. It's like a wide-brim fedora. It's either that or whips. Those are the only things that really work. Uh, we could do, we'll, we'll just call him his adventure hats. There you go. How many adventure hats do you give this based on your memory, Carolyn? Uh, based on my memory and just how like beloved it was to me and how I just remember being such a staple of our lives, I'm going to say this one was probably like an eight. Eight, eight adventure hats for me. What about you? Mostly because, based on memories, I didn't really see it. I'm going to give it a four, but only because I don't know. Like, based on the memories, I didn't know very much of what was happening. Well, with that being said, let's jump on in. So we are in Peru where we start out. Where we're walking through the jungle. We have, like, different trials and tribulations. And we're trying to get to this temple where we are trying to find a golden idol. I can't remember how, like, there's a long period of time where, like, you only see these two people and then Indiana Jones just pops out of nowhere with his hat. I can't remember. He whips them, but I don't remember what... Well, it's like you kind of see him, but you never see him from the front. And I'm like, that's definitely not Harrison Ford traipsing through the woods. You can tell no. it's not him. But then the one guy pulls out a gun and there we go. That's it. It's a gun. Whips around and is like, and the guy runs off. Also, I mean, as a child, when you watch this, you're just like, oh, that's a guy, and you haven't seen a bunch of movies, so you don't really know who some of the other people are. But that's Alfred Molina is like the guy yeah. like, with him at the beginning, and I was like. Like, I saw it, and then I was like, is that Alfred Molina? And then I saw his name on the credits, because they do the credits, and this is 1981, is what you said? Yeah. And so this is when they did the credits at the beginning of the movie, in addition to the end, where they would do all the actors' names. And I was like, that is Alfred Molina. Oh, my gosh. He's so young. Like, it's so crazy. It's so crazy. Yeah, I when I rewatched this movie, I think when I watched it for the first time all the way through, it must have been, like, 
six, seven years ago. I was like, oh my God, is that who I think it is? I was like, it is. So that's, that's wild to just see some of these actors the way that they are now. So this is where my little nitpick comes in already. Okay. And it's only, and it, it's not like bad, but it's just like how the movie is set up, I guess. These action sequences take forever. Like this first one, fine. Because like it's the temple, whatever. But some of these action sequences later on drag on so long. I agree. But this one, it's kind of like, it's like a slow build to like an action sequence. And I get it's like an action movie. And I think as I was thinking about it, it definitely is heavy on the action, not as heavy on character plot and motivation yeah. and, and like making your villain complex. We get now, and you know, it, obviously this movie was made 40, 50 years ago. It's too early for me to math right now. <laughs> well, no, and I agree. Because I was thinking about that too. I was like, how I, and I'm like, no, like Pirates of the Caribbean was an action movie. So like, and we went through a bunch of those and I know there's a, many of times that we were like, oh, there's an action sequence here. But we discussed enough that, like, things happened where we were like, ooh, like, this plot development, blah, blah, blah. But this was just all, it's all action. Which, again, is cool. Like, the sequences are awesome. But, like, it just goes on for so long. Yeah, and I think with this one, the fir- at least the first one, it's kind of, you know, they're going through the temple. And it's like, you have to avoid all of these things. So, while it is a nice big action sequence, you do get some like complexity in there of seeing how smart Indiana Jones is to like try and avoid these things and be, uh, you know, aware of his surroundings and what the booby trap temple might have in store for them. And it's a great, I mean, it is a great setup of like who Indiana Jones is as an adventurer. Like that's really cool. But there's just moments where I'm just like, like, like I said, this particular one is good because like it makes sense the temple all all that stuff it's just the later sequences and i'm just like yeah i looked at after i finished that temple sequence i was like damn we're like 15 20 minutes into the movie now and all that's happened is the temple the temple sequence which yeah no i agree it's definitely it's probably one of my favorite sequences of the movie i think it's just so like well done and like i said you really like with the whole don't step into the light and then he like he waves in the light and the thing comes out and definitely uh, practical effects man i miss them sometimes there's there's nothing like a creepy skeleton with like a snake coming out of it like all this practical effects i mean cgi is great it does so much but sometimes you just really want some good practical effects I mean, yes, but then you also have the weird Alfred Molina wax figure that got impaled, and I'm like, that doesn't look like Alfred Molina. I get the point, but that doesn't look like him. <laughs> yeah, no, I would say maybe, maybe you could have done that a little bit more, like, makeup on him. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But, I mean, the only thing that, there's some moments where I'm like, Indiana Jones is super smart, but really, like, you didn't see that coming, that he was like, throw me the idol, and then he's gonna drop, like, you didn't see that coming? Like, I get there was no time. Like, I get, like, Alfred Molina makes a good point. He's like, we don't have a lot of time. But also, like, home oh, dude, you just, you meet your competitor after this, or, sorry, your arch nemesis after this, Benoit, and, like, he, or, sorry, Bullock, my bad. I, I don't know why I would say Benoit. Oh, so, because someone else later in the movie said Benoit. So I'm like, I'm so confused. Like, you have this arch nemesis that you, like, foil all the time, but you got foiled by a Goonie? Yeah, foil by a goonie. <laughs> yeah, but 
but he it sounds like his he and his arch nemesis like indiana jones doesn't foil much of his plans it tends to be he steals the stuff that he gets this is true so we have all of that and i do i do love that he like that was one thing that i love from this movie is like once he does escape the the temple and he gets like his arch i'm just gonna keep on his arch nemesis like grabs his like right, grabs the idol he's like you didn't get on their side because you don't speak the language which i do think is like a very important piece if you're going to these like third world countries they're not like you have to be able to speak the language yeah dr jones failed in that department because like it's that and then when they go to the middle east i was like you don't know arabic either my dude you have to get another person who speaks the language to help you yeah he uh you know maybe his skills lie in other areas in apparently having bond women because that's the theme of all the other we'll <laughs> get to that but that's the other part too that i'm like it's, this is the thing with this one it's just like a bond movie because there's always a bond girl in every div, like different indiana jones movie oh yeah no yep yep so we get to where he's being chased by all of the natives and this is where we meet jock Lindsay, which is one of my favorite bars in walt disney world which this is so this is, like, I know a lot, like, the first movie is, like, the pinnacle of, like, Indiana Jones, like, greatness. I just keep trying to think, I'm like, they're, they're so niche. Like, I don't understand how the, like, I mean, obviously the rolling ball is, like, a staple for Indiana Jones. But that's at the very beginning of the movie, and that's what he becomes known for. And then we have a whole bar dedicated to Jock Lindsay. I, why is it not Marion's? You know, I don't know, because, uh... I mean, I know it burnt to the ground, but still. They were worried about that? I don't know. Different time. Indiana Jones is a man's movie. I guess so. Yeah, that makes sense. If we made it Marion's, it'd be like, what? I mean, it'd be really cool to have a Marion's bar. Maybe someday they'll do that. Maybe. Maybe, you know, you know what? We'll just pray that it goes to do, uh, downtown Disney at some point. That'd be cool. Or put it in Adventureland, like, right across from... I mean, I love Bengal Barbecue. It needs, it needs something. Yeah, put it where that river bell, river bell one is. Switch the entrance. There you go. You mean the the one that has the glass? Uh, what is it? The yeah. Glass? Yeah, yeah, that place. I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. So that's where we meet Jack Lindsay, where he's flying the plane away, and he's got his pet snake in there, which I would have jumped out of the plane. I don't care if it's that high up there. I would have jumped out of the plane. Or... I would have thrown the snake. I don't care if it's your pet snake. I would have thrown the snake. Yeah, uh, just maybe just throw it back in the back seat. Be like, catch. Like, no, <laughs> I hate snakes, Jock. I hate them. So we end up going back to the United States, which we see in. Or excuse me, we call him Indiana Jones, but he's Doctor Jones. I keep forgetting that part. He's Doctor Jones, where he teaches art. Which I don't understand. He like teaches archaeology, but he teaches the same lesson over and over again. It's like the once upon a time thing. Where Snow's always teaching about birdhouses. See, well, every year it's a different, you know, group of kids. So he's got to te- teach the same things. They just like maybe they didn't know how to write another classroom scene. I don't know. They're like, we'll just make it easy. We'll just repurpose this one in every single movie. Because it's, I mean, he says different things in the two classroom scenes, but in this first one, it's just <laughs> I love that he doesn't know how to spell Neolithic, which I'm like, oh my, my dude. But I also love that these girls are, like, swooning after him with having Love You written on their eyelids. Which I don't know how. That must have taken a long time to do that. Because I would have been, like, I can't close one eye and write. And it would have been really rough. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he's very swoon-worthy. So, I get it. That was, okay. So, I put this on our Instagram last night. That I'm just, 
I don't know why Han Solo Harrison Ford. I'm like, man, the Indiana Jones Harrison Ford are like, hey. Maybe it's something about the character. I know he likes being Indiana Jones a lot more. I don't know. I feel like Indiana Jones is like, he's like cool and smart. He's got some swagger, but then there's also parts where he's also kind of like nerdy and bumbly a little bit. Like in this, when he's like carrying all the stuff out of the, out of his office with Marcus, he's like kind of like fumbly. And I was like, I don't know. There's just something about, and then like later in the movie, we can talk about it when we get there, but it's like, he does some stuff that's like kind of cute. So uh, whereas Hans just kind of like, grumpy and grumpy most of the time yeah so this is where i'm confused on indiana jones's ethics because as we learn when marcus comes into the classroom that he basically gets this stuff and then sells it to the museum in the third one he gets on a high horse about like it belongs in a museum instead of just selling it to the highest bidder i'm like it doesn't matter either way you're buying an artifact yeah, I mean, maybe because he's getting it for the museum so that people can appreciate it, he sees it a little bit differently. Because I'm like, if I was to buy, like, let's say that I bought, I don't know, Walt Disney's pencil holder, and it would be like, it belongs in the Disney archives. But I'm like, but I'm just going to put it in, like, a beautiful case to be admired at my house. Like, what's the difference? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm fuzzy on the third one, but... I think that person wanted to use that stuff for like personal gain. I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah, that's why only that's why only like weird whatever. But anyways, point is is that the United the Army Intelligence has come to the museum and specifically wants Indiana Jones because uh, they got intercepted by a Nazi telegram and it's his old professor Raven Ravensword or Ravenwood Ravenwood that um, he they need him because he is an expert on the Ark of the Covenant, and they found out that the Nazis want to use supernatural ways to win World War II or to take over the world, basically. Which, this is where I also, and I think it's just because it's 2023, I'm like, I don't trust these people, which he does go against with the end being like, they're stupid. But I'm like, I would have been like that in the beginning, being like, What's the difference between the Nazis using it and you using it? The morality of it all is like, it's it's still going to go to a government force. It could use it for whatever. So that's my only thing. I'm like, Indiana Jones, you're smarter than this. Why are you, you going to go off and find something for the government? But if he was, then we wouldn't have a movie. This is true. But that's why I'm like, at the end of the movie, the morality that he should have had at the beginning happens at the end well you know it's also kind of like a kid in a candy store in a sense where it's like this mythical thing that is rumored to you know exist but no one's seen it in so long and you know now it's like i could be the person to find it like how cool is that for like an archaeologist you know maybe there's a little bit of that in there this is true this is and i also realized besides the second one and the fourth one that doesn't exist the first and third movie is very Christian heavy. Like, there's so many other, so many other, like, I don't know what, how to describe it, other regions of the world that you could work with, and they're using Christianity. Yeah, like different lore things, like you know, Greek, Egyptian, like, yeah, Chinese myth. Yeah, there's so many different things they could do. I mean, but this is all, again, also made back in the 80s, so different times that we're in. But yeah, that is, it, it is interesting that those are like, 
two of the things, but maybe it's because, you know, they were, were big items that were lost mysteriously. And so being the person to find them is like kind of cool. Like, even though, yeah, they are rooted in religious lore, it's, uh, they're kind of widely known. And I feel like people are probably still trying to like find them, you know, like archaeologists. Yeah. And I mean, now, I mean, I just had this thought, like, right this second as we were discussing this, and I'm the one that brought it up. But in the second one, they did try that, I guess, and maybe they just didn't get received well of, like, how not great they represented Indian people and the Chinese people. So maybe that could have been a reason why, now that I'm thinking about it. Potentially. I mean, even in this, there's definitely, like, when we, and I mean, that's where we're going next. We go to Nepal, because that's where Marion is with her bar, there, there's definitely some uh, not great prosthetic makeup that was done to actors who are probably not of that uh, ethnicity in in this movie. And I say I didn't. There were a lot of extras, obviously, later in the movie, so I wasn't paying as close attention. But there's it was definitely one or two in this scene that I was like, oh, okay, that's a little awkward. Yeah, well, we'll get there when we get to Sala because I have a thing to tell you about Sala. <laughs> so. Yeah, so he goes to Nepal because he's trying to find Ra- Ravenwood, and the only person that he knows is where it's at is Marion, who we found out he scorned when he was uh, Ravenswood. Oh my god, can you Ravenswood? Ravenwood's student. And apparently, the whole, I was young, you knew what you were doing. It's the whole Angelica thing in Pirates of the Caribbean 4. Oh, yeah. But then I'm also like, okay, how, like, what's the age difference between you guys? Like, how young was she? Because this could be, like, questionable, very, very questionable. Like, okay, stuff you don't realize when you watch it as a kid. But also in this scene, that medallion is massive. How is she just walking around with it, like, under her clothes? Willy-nilly. Oh, also, before we even get to that part, too, before they even meet, Tell me how she's, like, struggling to put her shot glass down. And then when she went, she's like, all right, guys, it's time to go. Like, get out of my bar. We're good. To-. I'm like, homegirl, you it's were struggling. No, it's all an act. Homegirl had, like, 12 shots. You trying to tell me? She wasn't wobbling a little? She clearly drinks a lot. So I feel like she has a pretty high tolerance. And this is, like, a, like, scam that she runs, you know? I guess? I don't know. I'm just like, even if you are really good at handling your liquor, there's still a little bit of stumbling that's gonna happen there. She should, like, she would have missed her punch. Probably. (laughs) She would have tried to hit him and then fell on the ground and been like, I tried! But we'll give her that, that she's like, that was, that was one hell of a punch. Yeah, no, it was, it was good. I think my thing with Marianne and rewatching this is I feel like she starts out, like, really strong, and then once we get later in the movie, it's like they put her in these like frilly dresses and like make her like a damsel in distress. I one thousand percent agree. It's like not consistent, and I was like, I like watched the you know I remember like really liking Marion a lot when I was like younger, and like watching this and like starting out, I was like, yeah, she's like as awesome as I remember. And then we get, <laughs> get like later, and I was like, I'm like, I feel like they just like changed the tone of her character completely in the span of the movie. Well, it's weird. I feel like she does like a roller coaster because, like, when like in the beginning she's super strong, awesome, doing the thing, and then I know I'm skipping around a little bit, but like when they get into the fight scene in Cairo, there's still like there's moments where she is like fighting just as well as Indiana, 
And then she does her sneaky, like, I drink a lot thing with the guy at the, whatever. But then all the other moments, like she turns into what's her face from Incredible Hulk. Oh, yeah, Betty. There we go. She turns into Betty. That's all she does. Like just screaming his name. And I'm like, but you, but you were, you were doing so well. Yeah, you're strong. You're strong. You literally had a bar in Nepal. Like, you are a strong woman. Keep being yeah. that way. But anyways, so we have uh, Marion. She's like, come back tomorrow, Indiana. I'll give you the medallion that you need because we learned the medallion has to go on the staff of Ra. So they're able to pinpoint where the Ark of the Covenant is in this burial chamber that's in Egypt. So... Indiana Jones leaves, and he's like, I'll come back tomorrow, like you said, and that's when the Nazis show up, and they, like, basically are like, you're giving it to us now, or we kill you, basically, and then that's when her whole establishment goes on fire, because they got into a fight, and Indiana Jones is there to save her, and she's fighting, too, and then it just burns to the ground, and then she goes, instead of you paying me to, like, just give me the medallion, we're now partners. Yeah, and then the guy tries to grab it and gets his whole hand. Yes. So then they make it to Cairo, which all I kept thinking, have you, you've seen the new Muppets movie, right? Not the most wanted, the one that like restarted the reboot of the Muppets with uh, Jason Segel and Amy Adams. Yeah, at some point, but I don't really remember it. So they have a whole joke in that movie about traveling by map. It's a lot faster. And so all I kept thinking of as they're going, like they're doing this is they're traveling by map. It's a lot faster. (laughs) It is a lot faster. They have a lot of layovers, though. The amount of times that they just, like, beep, beep, beep. I was like, dang. I mean, granted, it is, like, the 30s, so obviously, like, planes can't go that far for that long. Like, I get it. But I'm also like, hey, that's a lot That's a lot of stops. It is a lot of stops, but they go a lot of places, so. This is true. So they end up in Cairo, and they meet Indiana Jones' friend, Sala, which we don't ever really get. They just show up, and they're like, hey! And I'm like, I... It just seemed like, I don't know, it was very, like, random that they just, like, got there. He's like, I know someone, but, like, I don't know. It just seemed very abrupt that they're just like, oh, we're having this, like, huge party. Yeah, I don't know, but he said that he knew, like, Saul got contracted to work on the project, and he, like, knew him probably through, like, archaeology stuff, so. But, yeah, they have, they have a lot of kids and a lot of people. and Yes, so this is where I give my fun little fact about Sala. So, Sala, um, the actor... Is I forget his last name, but Reese John Rice, John Rice Davies. I love John Rice Davies so much. But he's not. This is where I mean. I get it's the '80s that they did this, but like when he's Latin Middle Eastern, he's a European Welshman. Like I'm so confused because I remember being like, "Oh, like he looks like he could fit the part." Like I get it, but then my mom was like, "He's white. <laughs> he's from your father's country." I was like, "Oh, this is problematic." Yeah, different time, different different casting, you know. Yeah, I mean, he's all over. Listen, Sala gets his, his screen time every single day, all day, every day at Disneyland, so. He does. I would say John Rice Davies is just a gem, and even though I don't like that he is not, he, he's white and got cast in that, is he's just one of those people who I just think is just so, like, good and it's hard to be like mad. And obviously, granted, now it would be probably a situation where you know the actor would be like, "No, like I'm not going yeah. out for that." But he's but he's still great. And I agree. He's and I mean he's gonna be in. Well, mm, he's reprising his role. That's my only thing that I'm like, yikes. 
But, I mean, it's good that we're going to see him again in the fifth one, so, you know. So, we basically go through this whole thing where they're talking about how they're working on the site that the Nazis are doing, and so they're going to try to get to that area first to figure out... Because there's something that they talk about with the staff being not the same length, so they have the wrong staff. Oh, yeah, because they have to... They had to have the medallion interpreted because there was writing around it. So, because the guy who had it burned only had the one side they it was the wrong like length so that yeah and they, it was there was an inscription on both sides i'm like but that was after because there's that whole sequence because it's like they go and then they go to the market and then we have that whole thing where they like all of the people chase them and marion gets captured and blown up the stupid the stupid monkey but like yeah this is one of the action sequences where it's like Okay, not much is happening. They're just running around. I think the best part of it is, and I think this is probably one of my favorite fun facts about this movie, is the guy with like the big sword who was, you know, yes. that Indiana Jones just like shoots. I guess Harrison Ford was sick that day, and they had a whole like sequence planned, and he was just like, "Nah, I'm not here for this," and just like pulled out his gun and shot it, and did the this that, and it like I feel like it works so perfectly because honestly, if this action sequence was like any longer, I would be like, "Oh my gosh, you guys!" Literally, at least a minute and a half of him running through empty corridors, looking and then carrying the basket. Side note too. He goes around and starts jumping to knock the baskets over. Marion's gonna like hit her head. She's tied up. Like poor girl's gonna. You know, okay, congrats. You knocked her on the floor. Now she's gonna be either unconscious or be like, ow. So that whole that whole thing. Also, it happens in the very very beginning. But he there's a couple of times that Indiana goes to throw some punches, and I'm like, my dude, you're like five feet away from him, and they're falling <laughs> over <laughs> like that. Most of them match up pretty great. That one, I was like, I'm so confused. You're literally so far away, and you're throwing a punch, and they're like, ah! Ah, I'm mortally injured. Yeah, no. But the, sometimes the stunt choreography, you're like, mm, okay. Make it a little bit more believable, guys. But yeah, so it's, a, it's after all of that that they go, and they realize that the inscription was off, and then, then they go to the, the camp. Yeah, so they go to the dig site, and this is when they dress up as some of the workers, and they are able to find the chamber where it has the, like, map to where the Ark would be. Yeah, the city has the map of the city. And so he stands there, he does the whole raw thing, and it shows him exactly where it's at. And during this time, again, we don't know that Marion's alive, and so she's been tied up in the Nazi camp. And this also, again, I get that they started digging at night, to like find the chamber but i was like did you not think that at some point they're gonna catch you because it's they're it's pretty obvious where you're at like once they come out in the morning and see where it's at i'm like you are not hiding very well yeah no I, yeah i mean i had that thought too because i was like maybe they just you know they were digging a lot of different places to so me that's how they kind of logically thought that they might get away with it but uh yeah no it's it's very obvious. And Indiana is like standing up on the hill looking out on the dig site. And I'm like. Yeah, even at night, you're not even in your disguise anymore. You're literally Indiana Jones. Yeah, well, and it's like the desert. So you have moonlight, which your eyes adjust and it illuminates things pretty well, you know? Yeah. So it, I. Fl- flaws logic. Flawed. We got flaws logic. Flawed logic. There we go. So. Anyways, they find, um, they basically dig, they hit stone, 
they open it up and it had to be snakes had to be snakes so i love that Saul is like that looks dangerous you go first yeah <laughs> you're the uh, adventure explorer here yes so they go down into the chamber they're able to find oh no he builds a like fire like trail for them so the snakes will go past them and then they grab the ark they pull it up but as this is happening daylight is happening and the nazis catch them oh wait no i took that back he found i was right he found marion before and was like i can't like bring you with me because it, it'll like alert them for our plan so you have to stay here being captured yeah and then Bellic comes because for some reason he's like no she's mine and like gets her a dress and then she tries to get him drunk so she can escape and then the nasty people show up and i don't know nothing really happens with all of that yeah there was what did the nazi dude say he's like so what are we going to talk about i'm like okay this is weird also i will say i don't know why i just got really annoyed when he like pulled down marion's like thing while she's still tied up and then kissed her i don't know why that bothered me now is not the time for this i was just i just he was like oh, i thought you were dead i was like okay well like that's cool but like the whole kissing part i'm like oh dude why like okay fine but anyways so they get the arc out and sala is up and they're trying to get indiana jones out and in the end the nazis are like haha sucks for you like we have the arc now and you did all the hard work and you're gonna stay down there forever i do love the line of like who knows maybe in the future you'll be like dug up and be known as like well i'm like oh that's that's a nice toss of the face yeah maybe one day you'll be an artifact <laughs> yep and then they're like oh but we're not gonna leave you down there alone here's the girl here's marianne who shrieks and screams the entire time <sighs> i will say my favorite thing though and i think it's like probably the most real thing to happen in this movie is when she sees the snake sees the snakes and she's like the way she climbs all over him and it's so like mishaps. <laughs> I'm like, this is probably the most real thing that's happened in this entire movie. Yes, because that is accurate. <laughs> but yeah, then we have them fighting off the snakes. Oh, because they close the thing out and so obviously oxygen's gonna go away if they don't like do something soon. And so they Indiana Jones climbs up on an Anubis statue and knocks it over, which allows them to escape the chamber. So they get out, and this is when the Indiana Jones goes on. It's on the horse, right? He's the the car. Well, yeah. So they're. I think they're. They were originally going to maybe try and use the plane. So this is where we have the plane action sequence. Oh, that's right. Yes, yes, yes. Plane first. Again, Marion is no help in this situation. And it takes far too long. It does. It takes so long, and then they meet up with Sala again. He's like, "My friends, you're alive." And I don't know how Sala and Marion get out, but yeah, then Indiana gets on the horse to chase the truck for another action sequence because the Ark is in the truck and he wants to get the Ark. Yes. And then that's where they end up getting on, they take the Ark on the boat. Yeah. Then they, then they end up on the boat. And so, yeah, because he got so beat up on the, in the car chase, which is, I like zoned out during that part. I was like, this is just cars hitting each other. Nothing's really happening. 
I do think one of, this is another part of the film, which always makes me laugh. It's when they're like in the cabin and he's just like all like beat up and she's on the other side of the mirror and she's like, hmm, I look so pretty. And then she like flips it around and like just completely like knocks his face. <laughs> I mean, I do really like them together. Like all the other, I mean, granted the other two are just dummy blondes, but I think like Marion is like the good folly for him. No, I agree, because then she's like, let me help you, and he's like, it hurts, everything hurts, and she's like, what doesn't hurt, and he's like, here, and then, like, <laughs> she, like, kisses his elbow, and then he's like, my head, and she kisses his head, I'm um, like, and this is where he's, like, really cute, and he, like, touches his lips <laughs> to, like, get her to kiss him, and I'm like, okay, that's, like, kind of adorable. Well, here's what I also don't understand, it is then alluded to that they have done the deed, but he fell asleep. So did they, like, wake up in the middle of the night and she's like, I'm ready now. Like, I would have been mad. I would have been mad, mad. I was like, yeah, who knows? I also think it's funny that he falls asleep during their kiss. I'm like, is that, does that is, can that actually happen? I don't think so. But, you know, unless, unless he was being playful. And, like, that was, like, the other thing. But that's the only thing I can think of. Because, uh, he like, pretending. Like yeah, he was pretending to be asleep. That's the only <laughs> thing I could think of, because I'm like, there's no way that in the middle of the night that he was like, hey, I'm ready now. And I'd be like, you fell asleep on me when I kissed you. So, heck no. Yeah, no. Close for business. Exactly. I mean, let's also, <laughs> let's also learn Marion sometimes is easily convinced. Uh, so anyways, so then they get stopped by the Nazis in a U-boat. And they're like, we're looking for Indiana Jones. And like, he's like, here, the girl's here though, but you need to leave the girl with us. You can take whatever else you want on the boat, which is like, whatever. So then they take the ark back and then Indiana Jones is following them on the U-boat. Yeah. I'm not sure how like he like got on the boat and hid without them knowing. I feel like someone would notice. It, there's, again, we're suspending disbelief a little bit. So then we get, he pretends to be a Nazi for a while to like blend in so you can find everybody and what the plan is. And they end up getting to an island. Yeah, so they go to this island to perform some like ritual, which I'm still not sure what, like, why Belloc feels like he needs to like do this like ritual thing. Like, I don't know what the purpose of it is. So I think it was him, like, for Belloc, it was to prove that like it actually like is a thing. And I know that he convinces them being like, would you rather know that it works than take it basically to Hitler and say, oh, here's the thing. Actually, it doesn't work. I do remember that. But I'm like, uh, yeah. You're like, test it out first. That's still, I don't know why we had to go to an island to do that. Because I guess they don't know what the power is going to be like. Because that's the other thing, too. They have, like, Nazi flags everywhere. And then they have, like, the teleprompters or, like, the cameras, I mean. I'm like, it's a whole production. It's a very big production. Very big production. So Jones is trying to be like, we need to get rid of, or don't use the arc. It's super dangerous. And then they, like, he gets ca- like captured at some point. And then they tie him and Marion up. And then they're going to perform the ceremony. And he tells them, do not look, like, close your eyes until like it's all done. Which is a good thing because they open it up and it kills everybody. In spectacular fashion. Nothing's in there. It's just sand. Then all of a sudden it starts getting all moo. And then like white ghosty things come out. And then they turn evil. And then it all gets sucked back in. Well, that's why I'm so confused. They all melt. Like, 
super gross melting. But I'm also confused because it's supposed to be an active, because like, it's supposed to be a Hebrew thing. So I'm like, so it's supposed to be, like, who's supposed to be inside? Because it was supposed to be, they carried the Ten Commandments in. Nothing in the Ten Commandments says that they're going to have, like, ghosty, like, haunted, crazy people. No, but I think, uh, I think the point that was probably, like, trying to be made was it's this otherworldly power and it was intended to be used by certain people and it's not these people so this is what happens when people who are not supposed to use it use it that's how i took it okay which is fair i just i just took it as it's spooky and woo, we killed everybody they could go both ways but i think i think that's probably like the deeper thought with where they went with it so after that they end up taking the ark back to Washington, D.C., and they're like, we paid you and the museum, so, like, everything's good, and Indiana Jones is like, and Marcus is like, no, where is it? Like, it's a powerful item. It needs to be, like, studied and, like, looked at and, like, thoroughly looked at and put in a place that's, like, safe, and the government's like, of course it's safe. We put it in a safe location, and we have our own people looking at it, and they're like, who? Don't worry about it. Who? Don't worry about it. And in the end, they just put it with all these other, like, items that are apparently hidden by the government as well. Which I remember if, if, I can't speak, if I remember correctly, we see again in the fourth one. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. It's been a long time since I've seen it. But yeah, there's so many things in that uh, room. Yeah, I'm just, and the guy's just casually pushing the Ark of the Covenant. I'm just like, okay. Great way to end the movie. Yep. Oh, and then there's also that he and Marion, like, she's like, I'll buy you a drink. And then they buy, like, they just, he keeps looking back, being like, ugh, and then leaves. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. And that's how our movie ends. And that's how our movie ends. Well, I mean, I do think that that was, like, like a really cool way to end it, though, is that, like, here's all these artifacts that, like, we have no idea what's in them. And, I mean, this is, it is a great movie franchise idea. So, like, it's, like, it could have gone forever. Oh, yeah, it definitely, I'm actually kind of shocked that, well, I know they made a a show based on, like, the young Indiana Jones at one point, but yeah, I'm kind of shocked that it never, but I also think, too, because everyone is, like, this is Harrison Ford's character, like, if Harrison Ford isn't going to play Indiana Jones, no one's really going to play Indiana Jones, I think that's why it maybe hasn't done, they haven't done more with it. But I am kind of shocked that it did take them so long, like, after the third one, to come back and make a fourth one. And then now, I mean, the fourth one didn't do well, but to make a fifth one as well. Because it's definitely been extended periods of time between all of the movies after the third one. Whereas some franchises, I feel like, they're like, success, let's keep going, let's make more. And like you said, there's so many different like myths and lores and legends and artifacts and things that can do things that the world was really their oyster on this one yeah and even then like i know they were trying to kind of reboot it with the fourth one to be able to do that with shia labeouf but like i don't know there could there could have been ways like even even if you did it again and you just had like harrison Ford make a cameo and he's like he this person is becoming like my quote-unquote apprentice carry on the torch or whatever like it could have been cool like it could have happened maybe that maybe that's how this fifth one is going to end who knows you know let's have a female indiana jones to continue on that would be pretty cool 
yeah, like have a have a female archaeologist explorer. Like that would be cool. That would be super cool. It'd be like almost like a Carmen San Diego situation. Yeah. But with that being said, what are some of your favorite things from this movie? I like I said, I really like the opening sequence. I feel like it sets up what we love about Indiana Jones is the mix of the slow, like figuring things out how to get into the booby trap temple, but then a really cool action sequence. I do I do really like Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones. I think there's some like fun, funny lines, but I agree with what you said, like watching it last night. I know I was very tired when I watched it, but the definitely the extended action sequences and just sometimes the lack of character, like motivation and depth, I think is where as an adult, I'm like, ah, it's a great, it's a great movie to watch. If you want something kind of like mindless and you don't really have to think about it too much. I'm like, but if you're looking for depth of character, it might not be in this one. Um, and I think that's maybe we'll get to it when we talk about the third one. But I think there's some character interactions in that that I feel like are better. Like, I really do like Indiana Jones and Sala and their, like, relationship. Um, I think that's one of the strengths of this movie, too. I feel like they play really well off of each other. And I like Marion when she's being a strong woman and not screaming for Indiana to do something. I agree with all the things that you said. Like, I definitely, like, the action sequences just took a little too long for me. Like, I get for some people that's, like, the point of Indiana Jones. And so, like, that's your cup of tea. Awesome. But for me, I just, I'm like you. I want a little bit more character development to go into it. And I think we're both on the same. I feel like you and I are going to be not talking a lot of disagreements when it comes to The Last Crusade. Probably not. But, yeah, it's like with Belloc, it's, you don't really understand his motivations. Like, yes, he wants the arc. Like, why does he want the arc? It's not. It's not really like fleshed out. It's not really like explained. It's not really explained why he's aligning himself with the Nazis. You know, I feel like it's one of those movies. It's like, ah, oh, there's like really a lot of potential here for you to bring some depth to these characters, and you just don't see it quite yet. And like I said, I feel like we get some of that in. I don't really remember the second one, but in the third one, there's, I think, some dynamics that really, really make that one a lot better, so. I agree. And that's the other part, too, is that with Belloc, like, you know that he's the the antithesis to Indiana Jones, but you never understand why. Like, do they work for the same museum? Do they, are they just racing? Or are they at competing museums? Or, like, what is it that makes them arch nemeses? Yeah, and the backstory between them like really isn't like fleshed out or explained. Where you, you might not need to see like a physical flashback, but like a conversation of like what started it off, or you know, I feel like something like that would have been written in had this been maybe written now to just provide some context to their backstories. But with that being said, then with our rewatch, how many adventure hats would you like to give this? I think I'm going to give it a seven because I still really enjoy watching this one. Like I said, it's one that if someone, you know, I, I would put on, I put it on in the background and I still think it's a very entertaining movie to, to watch. So seven. What about you? I'm going to give it a six and it's mostly because of the action sequences. I feel like if you just trimmed those down and gave a little bit more exposition, it'd be a lot higher. Yeah, I agree. All right, well, with that, we will be discussing next time the very controversial Temple of Doom. So fun. (laughs) (laughs) 
I just, I know it's it's a very controversial movie. Yeah, well, we'll get there. We'll talk about it. It'll be we'll grand yeah, in about two weeks, we'll you'll get to hear our thoughts on that one. <laughs> so, Carolyn, if you want to find you on the internet, where can they find you? You can find me at the tiniest Avenger on Instagram underscores between each word and Rod. Where can people find you? You can find me at Rod Meets World with an H. And if you want to follow us on Instagram, we are Disney Geeks the Pod. And until next time, bye. <laughs> <laughs>